0: A Tiny Revolution features adults having adult conversations, which means that adult language is probably going to be present, just so you know. Hey everyone, you're listening to A Tiny Revolution, a podcast about ordinary people living revolutionary lives um welcome to episode 67 i am back from being adventurous i'm off from being a man in the woods i am back from being a uptown girl in new york city i am back in the south in my new apartment just trying to you know make this shit work like everybody else so you know summertime fun is over school starts for me in about four weeks i am thrilled i am excited i am terrified what else can i update you on um I got some new shoes, um, and if you know me, that's a, a huge deal because I usually wear them until they have holes in them. Anyways, that's not important, but what is important is the fact that you're here, I'm here, and we're all a little queer, aren't we? Unless you're not, which, why not? It's a great time. You should try it sometime. Anyways, I am really thrilled that you're back. I, uh, I think I really needed that break, to be honest. I think I was approaching a space of getting really, really burnt out and not to mention overwhelmed with dealing with my own personal trauma. Um, just to let you all know, like I uh, i am struggling really hard with depression right now. I am struggling with grieving the loss of my dad and the end of my last relationship. Um, and I just uh, I'm kind of a mess a lot these days, <laughs> um, which is why I think I needed a break last month um, for traveling and going and adventuring and really Getting some perspective on what I believe my call to be in this life. And I feel like I've gotten a lot more clarity around certain things. There's some things that are coming into focus and some opportunities that are coming up for me as far as um, writing and talking and all these good things. So uh, thanks for your patience with me. And uh, thank you for supporting me. I'm just... We're getting better every day. You know what Britney Spears said? Stronger than yesterday, baby. Stronger than yesterday. Um, So let's go ahead and jump into the conversation for this week. I'm talking with my buddy Joel Holier, uh, an Aussie queer Christian who's doing some really radical things down under. That's really awful, I should stop trying to imitate Australian people, that's for sure. Okay, anyways, Joel is first and foremost unapologetically a Jesus follower. His faith is central to who he is, and it's the lens through which he sees the world. And on top of that, he makes no apologies for the fact that he is in fact gay and exclusively and enduringly attracted to males. Not by choice. For a long time, uh, Joel believed and taught and counseled and preached that there are two mutually exclusive facts in the world. That no gay person can embrace their sexuality whilst also calling themselves a faithful, Bible-believing Christian. And then he changed his mind. Well, actually, it was after like years of studying scripture, completing a master's of divinity, and then prayerfully seeking wisdom and diligently reading a vast array of voices, books, uh, articles, different kinds of theologies, before he came to the conclusion that the Bible does, in fact, teach that LGBTQ people are vital members of the kingdom of God, equally to be welcomed in as brothers, sisters, and siblings. On top of that, he loves cooking, he lives near Sydney, Australia, and is currently drowning in PhD work while also just trying to love everyone the best he can. Um, in this conversation, we talk about Jill's story, walking through various types of trials and tribulations when having a non-affirming family, and on top of that, just trying to figure this shit out um i'm really really stoked he not to mention things he didn't mention in his bio he's a blogger he's on twitter he's actually doing some really really fantastic bridge building work across lines of radical difference which we'll get into in this conversation so yeah i'm gonna stop talking now and get into this conversation grab yourself a drink grab yourself a friend um grab uh the new beyonce and jay-z album while you're at it the carters it's fantastic it's a good way to end the summer IMO. anyways um sit down be quiet listen to my conversation with joel holier
1: at heart i am a pastor that's what i love doing i love caring for people and walking alongside people and teaching the bible and uh, pointing people to jesus that's what i love doing but at the moment i'm not a pastor. Uh, I stepped down from being a pastor because of my views around sexuality. And so that was a bit of a blow. Mm. Um, but um, I think the nature of being a pastor is you never really stop being a pastor. And mm. so I have a lot Come of people of life, yeah, who just keep coming towards me and um, I get to read the Bible with them and talk to them about um, yeah life and what that means for them. So that, that takes up a lot of my time, just people and and coffee. Um, we have incredible coffee places in Sydney, the best coffee in the world. I live mm-hmm. just around the one. I, I practically live in coffee places talking to people. Um, at the same time, I'm working as a chaplain in schools. So I get to sit with kids who have all sorts of things going on in their world um, and just reflect on life and meaning with them. Um, and on top of all that, I am tackling a PhD. So Casual. So yeah, just casually, and I'm full-time enrolled in the PhD program, so that's <laughs> hopefully we'll have 100,000 words done in a few years' time. That that's the goal. Oh, that um, sounds
0: easy. Just you know, just write 10,000 words a week. You
1: can do it in 10 weeks. It's fine. Yeah, that that's fingers crossed. Let's go for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm um, no, really enjoying it. Um, the PhD is on, um, uh, looking at church practices and the way that they impact LGBT people's experiences of spirituality. Mm. So how does a person frame God after growing up in an evangelical context, um, and what, what sorts of church practices actually impact that, which um, for the Australian context is kind of groundbreaking mm. in a strange way. I know that a lot of research has come out of the States, but... Um, here where I am um, yeah it's almost unheard of people researching that kind of field
0: yeah Mm. I know like I've been uh, just from the few Aussie friends that I have talking to y'all about your experiences like being uh, a part of like evangelical mainstream churches and then not being a part of them because they don't have space for you it's like truly shocking Um, I was talking with um, with Steph Fenton about mm, this, about this, like,
1: God, what a babe! Seriously, <laughs> uh, um, she was at my house the other night, and it was just the loveliest. Oh, uh huh. So be sad. jealous. <laughs> I am
0: so jealous. Like you and Katisha and Tash and all of you Aussies are like some of my favorite people. So I guess I'll just have to come visit. It'll be great. See you soon.
1: Yeah.
0: Thanks. But I, when she was talking to me, like the thing that like really breaks her heart so much is that so many LGBTQ individuals um, in Australia, um, especially ones who like grew up in a, a more Christian context are having like these, um, they just don't want anything to do with any sort of spiritual practice, especially Christian churches, especially mm-hmm. Christianity because of what happened. Like, because like people have such a small view of, mm-hmm. of of queer folks and a small view of the Bible and of the gospel.
1: Yes. Oh, very much so. And uh, it's been exacerbated in the past 12 months because we had a national survey on gay marriage and the churches became very vocal and so it became a polarized debate and so the the beautiful talk about the gospel that usually characterizes most Christians in my world like very dear friends who are uh, excited about uh, social justice and following Jesus and and all that it kind of it went out the window if you were looking on social media
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It became a a contest for who could shout the loudest, and the collateral damage was the lgbt communities that suffered so much yeah. um, it yes. it it was horrible to watch um, and i had um i came out came out as gay uh, nearly ten years ago now, but um, came out as affirming only. A year ago so I, like I'm, I'm very new in yeah. in this world um, and so I came out kind of just prior to that survey taking place and it was horrible just to watch my life be judged and uh, critiqued by people who you know we, we know have, have no right to judge in the first place and very little experience of walking alongside lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender people.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that was... that it's uh, a sad, sad story that I'm all too familiar with. Mm. And that's, that's what I hate so much is that these stories that we tell about like how we lose our faith communities and how like our friends become polarized is like, it feels like the most common story. And yet every single time I hear it, it's like a, every single heartbreak is still unique
1: yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, I think that's the the beauty of hearing people's stories. Um, I, I have the the honor of being able to sit down with countless people. Um, and um, yeah, each one has their own narrative of somebody who spoke to them or a sermon that they heard or uh, a conversation that they had, which was the... I guess the final straw that broke the camel's back, where they said, "I, I can't do this anymore. I, I can't be a part of this church," and they walk away from the church, and uh, and sadly, so often they they walk away from Jesus mm-hmm. at the same time um, because you know, Jesus, um, Jesus became yeah. weaponized. Jesus became them. weaponized, and and uh, their concept of God. Became a um, an abhorrent dictator. Um, mm-hmm. we, we are so far from the the Bible that I know and love. So it, that yeah, that's that's the painful side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, can yeah. I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question about something you Please just do. said? So
0: you said that you you were you were out as gay like for ten years, and then you only came out as a friend a year ago. Were you kind of like in the uh, choosing celibate lifelong celibacy camp for yeah, a while? Uh,
1: yeah that was me um same same (laughs) um yeah i well i i went through my masters of divinity and um, held to that theology towards the end of doing my masters i my major project that i handed in was a pastoral care document looking at um, young lgbt people in that transition to uh, young adulthood and it was from a, a celibate perspective But as I was writing that document, my theology started to unwind. I started to read a little bit more widely than my college professors were having me read. Um, And that started undoing my theology. Uh, That terrified me uh, because I was in a conservative college getting ready for ministry. Um, I couldn't open up that line of thinking too wide because I knew that I simply wouldn't have a job or a, a platform to actually move on to. Um, so I had a couple of conversations about it at the time and got shut down really hard. And so retreated and just thought, well, I, I have to close that. In hindsight, that was probably where my theology really started to properly unravel. But I, I think I fooled myself into thinking that I was still traditional in my sexual ethic uh, and so I went into pastoral ministry ministry, and worked as a pastor. Uh, and um, because I was gay and held a conservative view and taught a conservative view, I became very quickly a bit of a, a poster child in Sydney for the, the celibate movement. Um, and, and that's I, I,
0: what they do to people. They find so, one. They find one and they just put them up on stage and say like, hey, look, that
1: guy can do and, it. It's um yeah you know, it, I look back at it and I think there's idolatry in its most pure form and there is placing mm-hmm. um, people on pedestals that they, they never could live up to, um, and and I wouldn't say that I had too much power but I spoke to so many people uh, who um yeah who who found inspiration in my journey to that mm-hmm. point point. Um, and I think that disillusioned me even more because I remember. I remember giving a talk on the traditional sexual ethic and at the end of it, somebody came up to me and they were a, um, a seminary trained MDiv uh, graduate. And they told me that it was the best sermon on biblical sexuality that they'd ever heard. And that, uh that destabilized me. Cause I was like, that was a terrible sermon. Yeah. I could <laughs> <laughs> right through it. Um, so if you're, like, if you're telling me that is the best, then how on earth could I possibly um, keep following that if I could yeah, get right? You've literally you've tapped out. You've
0: topped out. You did your best, and now everything else is going to be. Yeah, <laughs> well,
1: that's, so that's great. it. Yep. Yeah. Um, so then, um, yeah, a, a year ago, almost to the date is in a couple of weeks. It will be a year. A uh, step down from ministry. A uh, spoke to my boss at the time and said I, I actually can't keep working in this church. Our sexual ethic is too different. Um, I've, I've been sitting on this for a long time. haven't been able to articulate it because I'm in a, a pastoral role in a conservative church. Uh, haven't been able to speak to people, be honest. I'm lacking integrity if I'm counselling and teaching people uh, this, let alone the fact that I think I'm causing incredible harm. Um, so that for me was a really humbling experience because I had to not only step down from ministry um, I lost my house. I lost my community. I lost Everything that i had been working towards um, but I also then um, Had to face up to the fact that I had caused a lot of people a lot of harm um, In the teaching that I'd been putting forth mm-hmm. without actually believing it um, uh, and that uh, it struck me that I had bought into being part of the institution so much that I could um, have such low integrity for that period of my life. Um, and so when I when I handed my resignation in, um, I guess I had a second coming out experience. Uh, and that was uh, it was painful. It was um, watching myself be dragged through the mud, Um, but at the same time it was so liberating because I had uh, integrity and I was living a congruent life um, and I could actually see Jesus at work so much more, which was stunning um, and and really exciting. Um, And from that, um, yeah, people have come up to me and uh, in, in countless numbers been so encouraged by my journey um but it, yeah it's certainly been a a wild year yeah to say the <laughs> least
0: i yeah. i feel you on all of that the so uh mm. i was working for a evangelical missions organization um yes. as an intern and i had you know been all over the world and whatnot and i was also kind of like not quite public about like everyone who's like, Oh, Kevin struggles with same sex attraction, but like, you know, mm. he's overcoming it. And, uh, when I started like my own process of coming out and my, my process kind of happened because I, I was dating a woman at the time and mm. it just kind of struck me this, like, I can't love her the way that she deserves and needs to be loved. Um, mm. And we both worked for the same organization it was really awkward and but like um and it, it was in this like it was in this uh it's kind of like how you said just like as you were working on your paper you realize mm-hmm. oh shit like this is like unraveling <laughs> everything i thought that i knew know what i
1: thought it was yeah and mm-hmm. like, it was the
0: same thing for me like i was in this like uh, discipleship training program and they taught like you need to listen to the Holy Spirit in you. You need to trust what the Holy Spirit is doing in you. And the Holy Spirit was leading me out of the closet. And then when I said that to them, they were just like, "We don't know if the Holy Spirit's actually leading you
1: there." So I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Um, and what are we supposed to do with that? Right. They were, we're stuck in this moment in time where we we want to hold to a traditional theology because it's so much easier. Um, People have told me that I'm capitulating to culture, or I'm um, I'm taking the easy route out, and I feel like pointing to You're the taking last year. the wide path that leads to destruction. Have you got that one? Exactly. Yes, yes, that's the one that I'm on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Is it though? And the way that I have, um, I, I've lost friendships. I've had to defend myself over and over and over again. Um, I've got to the point where um, you know. I don't, I don't have a platform to do ministry on. I'm questioned every time that I step foot in a conservative circle. My friendship circles are awkward. How is this the easy route? And I, I compare yes. my life now to where I was 12 months ago, and I, it certainly isn't the, no, um, the glamorous no lifestyle. Um, yeah, I feel like I kind of shot myself in the foot and I'm still recovering.
0: Um, no, it's just like, no, you were not shot in the foot. Like, you were crucified alongside Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That, that, that's what, when, when people say that whole thing about, like, you're taking your capitulating culture, you're taking the wide path at least to destruction. I'm not convinced that it's the wide path because the wide path mm-hmm. is what I was doing before. The wide path, I had friends 10 deep rolling with me like this is my community these were my people and then when i started to think differently about things and started going on this really tiny path that like had glass and thorns and all these things that were like keeping me from following jesus but i know jesus is over there i know Mm. that jesus is leading me down this other path and i can't explain exactly how it's just something that i know in my heart of hearts and i know Mm. that's and like trying to explain that to someone who has a view of God that is this big and fits into such yeah. a tiny box, it's it's almost like I under I kind of get why they believe the way that they do because I was there for so long. And at yes. the same time, I just like I I know that I it's this, this sad feeling of just like what was good for a season is not good for me anymore, and I have mm-hmm. to keep going. I have to keep walking.
1: Yeah. And what you say is so true that, you know, um, we were there for so long. Um, and that, that, um, causes, a, a dissonance for me because I want to part of me distance myself from those people and say, oh, you, you're no longer part of my world. I can, I can move on and find people who are, uh, affirming and I can celebrate sexuality in all its beauty and I can follow Jesus and that will be glorious. Um, but at the same time, I want to um, recognize the fact that they love me and they care for me. Um, and and in them saying, you're taking the, the wide path that leads to destruction, they're actually acting out mm-hmm. a really deep love for me. Um, and, and so I I struggle to walk that tension yeah. um, because I, at the same time, want to bring them on a journey. Um, yeah, it's,
0: it's how do we... Hold good boundaries for ourselves that keep us healthy, um, Mm. both spiritually, mentally, emotionally, while also trying to challenge like the cultural norm of what's happening. Mm. And I, it's so hard because, like, so much of the people that I loved so much because, like, I came from a ministry world, like, everybody I knew was in ministry. And so, to lose that, it's like it's not just the fact that, like, I've come out and embraced this new part of myself, it's I've come out. And I'm also losing um, Mm. my whole fucking identity. Like I'm losing like every single bit of who Mm. I thought that I was, like the way I talked about God, like the the, the common language we had, the songs we would sing, Mm. like, you know, like potluck dinners on Wednesday nights and drinks on Friday. Like these are things that like you, you built family and community around. And then, and they really do. That's the thing is like, these people, from their perspective, are giving you what they believe to be love. And so it's really, really hard to look at them and say, hey, what you're doing is actually really hurting me, you know? Mm. And it's, I think it's one of these distinctions, like I have, to, I have to point out to so many people who's like, I'm telling you the truth in love. I'm just like, well, when you, when you say that you love somebody and then you keep hurting them, that might be love, but that's also an abusive relationship. And I yes. can't stay in that for too long until I have to draw my boundaries and keep them strong so I can maintain any sort of semblance of a relationship with you.
1: Yes. Yep. And I think that's where I've had to change relationships and uh, and reshape them and reform them very deliberately. So I've um, shifted my circle of support uh, Mm -hmm. in a structural way in my life significantly so it's no longer in one circle of friends it's now with another circle of friends it's with my family who are incredibly supportive and that's where i so draw my so energy from and i um i allow them to speak into my life and i read the bible with them and i focus on uh, the the ways that they are walking alongside me and, and pointing me to jesus um but, but for me at the moment it also means that i'm i'm in a church which is not affirming in its theology Sorry, Which my is, just got
0: really high up. Yeah, tests. no, you were
1: just like, oh. <laughs> like, why would you do that? Yeah, um, but in that community, there is a group of affirming brothers and sisters who are walking alongside me, including the um, one of the pastors on team. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and in that, we find a space to have dialogue. And I think that is what I'm finding so encouraging about that space is that, uh, it's a group of people who are not hostile towards one another. Um, mm-hmm. They recognize each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, and that is kind of what what binds us together. The people who are not affirming in the congregation are coming to me with genuine questions. Mm-hmm. And they're not, they're not lobbing bombs. They're not throwing grenades my way. They're, they're actually asking, what does it look like for us to care for you What does it look like for us to journey theologically alongside you? Um, And and this is right from kind of the leadership down. Um, And for me, that's a really important part of my journey that I haven't, um, I haven't retreated so far from this world that I grew up in and love so dearly that I can't actually speak back into it in a new and fresh way. Um, And so That's part of the reason why I I kicked off the blog, part of the reason why I've written a book, that that I'm trying to uh, have a voice that is alternative to the dominant narrative that is so pervasive in Australia and in particular Sydney, which is an extraordinarily conservative context. Um, It's it's quite rewarding for me to speak into those contexts. Now, Now, all of that is caveated with the big claim that I find my support in people who love me and care for me well. Um, And so I know that if I've, if I've just had a a week of, um, of conflict, I don't walk into a non-affirming church and feel comfortable and I don't put that pressure on myself. Um, but um, if I've had a week where I've been surrounded by people who love me and walk with me and, um, and, and share life alongside me in really beautiful ways, that actually gives me the strength to go into these contexts and mm-hmm. have discussions. And um, yeah. Yeah. And what I, I think, to... Go ahead. Oh, I, I, I think uh, other people in the church, both affirming and non-affirming have found that encouraging. Uh, and so that I, I get excited about that.
0: Yeah. And I think that the, what you described is like the ideal situation like for a non-affirming context where like, Mm. People do have a relationship with you. People do have questions. People are able to journey alongside of you, um, because in so many places, like people don't have that level of grace for one another. Mm. Um, like I, like when I was, um, when I was at Adventures and Missions, I was the um, the missions organization I was working for. I mm. said to myself, and I said to the leadership at the time too. I don't really care if we believe differently about these things because what we do have in common is the fact that we want to serve the world. We want to go out, we want to do these things. And I said, and like, I don't think that me having a theological difference around sexuality impacts or dictates our ethos here. Like, Mm -hmm. I said, so like, really, if anything, like, I'm just doing what you taught me to do, which is be honest with what the Holy Spirit is doing. Um, and it, it was it was also one of these things. I remember, like my fir- like my very first pastor. Um, he said something to me. Um, he said, "Kevin, I don't really under- I don't really care what you believe, but I do care why you believe what you do." Mm. And I think that's something that I always go in and like. And then when I flipped it on its head, I'm just like, I now know why I believe what I do. I understand yeah. it. Like I, I like have really thought this through and studied and like meditated on it. Um and so the, the the what you're describing about please stop texting me, friends. I'm in the middle of a conversation. Do not disturb. Honestly. Don't they know that I have things going on right now? It's very yeah. stressful. I'm talking to a very important person in Australia, so
1: <laughs> text them back. Shut up. Yeah, shut
0: the up. Um no, um, but like what you described is like beautiful self care. And I think that's something that so many people uh, almost don't know how to do sometimes. It's just like because like we've, we have we are acclimated to a very certain group of people. Mm-hmm. We all, and like especially if you're coming out in a conservative context, you don't have that support group all the time. You don't have the friends, the family, the people who are there to say, hey, we're with you because of yeah. who you are, not in spite of who you are. Yeah. Um, that's the same thing for me. Like Anytime I'm having to work in a, in a conservative context... It's always from a place of I'm going in with A, the full armor of God on, and B, I'm going in with a surplus of time, energy, and love cultivated with people who are cheering me on. Um, mm. Because I think that's that's so important to find a tribe of people who are going to like, that you don't have to explain things to, like you don't have to make excuses for or, or whatever.
1: Yep. Yeah, you don't have to defend yourself constantly and go back to, no, I've read this. I've read Leviticus. I've read Romans. I know you this. Read, you've read Leviticus? Oh, my God. <laughs> Surprise. Classic. Wait, you read the Bible? Wow. Yeah, yeah. No, it's that MDiv and the PhD that I'm working on that, that gave it away. Yeah, um, casual. <laughs> mm, uh, and I think for me, um, I, I was a social worker before I came into ministry, hmm. before I did. If I, I studied social work. And that's one of the big things of social work that the profession does very well. It's it's self-care and yeah. looking after yourself because of the, the rate of burnout amongst social workers. They've kind of got it very early on that if you're burnt out, then you're not going to be useful to anybody.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and
1: so that was instilled in me kind of from my, uh, my job from an early uh, and I think that just translates really nicely into how i frame it for myself that i i need these support networks i am an extrovert i need to spend time around people i need those to be the right people um but at the same time i think for a lot of people in the evangelical world there's kind of this strange dynamic where um uh, we're told um my joy comes from the lord um where do i flee to i flee to the mountains where my hope comes from and that is god and and where do i find rest i find that rest in god and so uh, for a while there i felt pressure to have boundless amounts of energy and time and compassion just from my relationship with god uh, <laughs> and pressure on me and and it was just naturally part of living in the evangelical world and, and being taught that 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 dynamic should be a thing and suddenly discovering wait a minute <laughs> but it doesn't exist, um, it, and um, it, it didn't exist to the the point where I needed it to. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. God supplied for me an incredible group of people to to be that resting place uh, yeah. and to yeah. to speak His words of peace and wisdom into my life when I couldn't see it. Um, and for me, it was it was literally fleeing to the mountains just west of Sydney. Uh, where I grew up, and there's a an incredible circle of people up there, including my parents, who are um, you know my biggest cheerleaders. Um, and so I I go up there quite regularly just to unwind and to pray and read the Bible with people who um, who are waving their pom poms for me. Um, and you're such a can I just says like you're such a Christian, and I love it because <laughs> <laughs> like you gotta
0: understand like like where like. At least, like, um, in, like, the, in a lot of, like, queer circles in America is that so, like, a lot of us, a lot of queer Christians, people who still hold, the like, the, like, the marker of Christian and the identity yes. of Christian, a lot of us are, like, very ex-evangelical and almost just, like, almost abhorrent to it in some ways. And some yeah. people are really burnt out around, like... We know that we love Jesus, but we're, like, we're really burnt out on church. We're really burnt out on the Bible. We're really burnt out on, like, doing life together. And so for so many of us, like, we find community and we find church in ways that are um, not traditional, I guess, in a sense. Like, we'll we'll show up to conferences like QCF or or, uh, TRP, the Reformation Project and Q Christian Fellowship, so I don't speak in um, acronyms that people don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, we'll show up to these things, and we'll gather together, and we'll basically, like, we're mostly there just to see each other. We're mostly yeah. there, like, you know, like, the worship is, like, my favorite part because, like, I am a worship leader and I will never stop being a worship leader. It's kind of like what you said, just, like, no matter what, it's, like, you never stop yeah. being the thing that you're here to be. Yeah. <laughs> but it's very interesting, like, to hear you, like, you contain, like, this, like, really beautiful joy that like i don't know if i've seen it in a, i haven't seen it in a long time but like you really love jesus and like you well, really love the tradition of reading the bible and i love that
1: yeah and that's something that i have deliberately chosen to not lose in a mm-hmm. sense I, mm-hmm. I i've had to consciously at times when i've been reading the bible and been angry at it because i've been angry at the church i've i've had to remind myself no the the church that I see at the moment doesn't have the monopoly on my relationship to God it doesn't yes. have the relationship to the Bible so I can I can walk that and surround myself with people who walk alongside me mm-hmm. um, so mm-hmm. I, like I am the first to say I am the the token Christian in every way I'm um, yeah you know, I, I uh, by age 10 I could say the books of the Bible in order because they gave me a smarty for everyone. Same, um, Same. It, yeah, it, it was fantastic, and, and now I, I, I do it all the time just for fun. Um, and so I, I love that, and I want to keep that um, and for me, the challenge is um, and keeping that actually central to my life. And I, I see, as you say, so many queer Christians have lost a relationship, not only to the church but to the Bible. Um, and so many queer Christians have, while retaining the name Christian, lost a relationship to Christ himself in Mm -hmm. whatever permutation that looks, um, or at the very least, it's no longer a relationship that brings them joy or stability or peace. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, and that just makes me sad. Um, because whenever there is joy or peace taken out of the world, I think that that is not at the core of who Jesus is or what he came to do. Um, and it just makes me heartbroken that that would happen at the hands of the church, the very people who are supposed to draw us closer to Jesus and understand his uh, His heart for the world. So, yeah, I I, I'm, I take that as a... Huge compliment that you would call me. <laughs> You're such a fucking Christian. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Also, po- I been- don't,
0: I don't know if like you like are, like I cuss like a sailor, and I, I'm I'm not really sorry for it. So I I apologize okay. if it like offends your sensibilities. <laughs> not at all. Like I can handle my own. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Mostly because I know like most Australians like have like such a wide variety of language that they use already.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, you you um you always use the term dope.
0: Yeah,
1: I had to I Google did. Yeah. Did go- <laughs> yeah. No, no, to me that's that's marijuana. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> and we just call marijuana weed. Or, oh, or yeah, no, we get that one as well. But
0: um, the dope. weeds, we call it uh grass, we call it the good cush. Yeah. <laughs> and we call it dope. So <laughs> you just call it dope. I think some people call it dope, but it's not as common a name any yeah. longer. You also have words like keen, which I'm still trying to figure out exactly like... It just means like I'm very enthusiastic and excited, right? Yeah, heaps keen. Heaps keen? Yeah. yeah. Like heaps no. of
1: keen. There, there's a pile of excitement that I'm bringing to the table here. <laughs> Be more accurate to say like, I have a pile of excitement, you guys. That is literally in the
0: table in front of me. So. Wow, That's so good. There's also something... Something Steph was telling me about that I didn't know what she was I didn't even know um a rashi. Mm.
1: It's a surfing it's like a bodysuit that you surf in. Yeah, yeah. Well it's normally they're they're a top like that you'd wear in the in the water. Um it's like a lycra material and it just stops you from literally stops you from getting a rash. Surfers rash. So they're a rash list. Um so and <laughs> I I, maybe they're called rashies in America. I'm not a
0: surfer in any way, shape or form. Like I do <laughs> yoga. That's about as much as like physical stuff yeah. as I do. I, I try to work out every now and again because I'm trying to like get that snatched body for pride, but who knows if it's going to happen.
1: Yeah, no. Well, do you know the term snatched? Do you say snatched where you are? No, no. Do you Unless, know what I mean? like, No, someone took something out of my hand quickly. They snatched it.
0: If, you're, um, if your body is snatched, it means that you like are, have a really tight body. You're looking real sexy and good. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take yeah. it. Thank you. So. <laughs> or like if you like if you have makeup on and your eyes are snatched or your makeup is snatched, it's just like you look really fucking good.
1: Wow. OK, I'm going to use that one. Yeah. It's like you it know what? totally lost on my audiences, but I can still use it. I can introduce Abs- it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was talking to Katisha and I'm just like, girl, bring me down to your conference and I'm just going to talk in American colloquialisms the entire time.
1: Well done, and we will stare at you with a complete blank face. And, and I'll have the time of my life. Yeah, it will be hilarious for all involved. Thank you. Please do. Please do. I think... Um, I no, think I was, oh. Go ahead. Oh, I, I was thinking, um, I was trying to remember how I came across you and the kind of um, faithfully LGBT hashtag. Um, and it, it was only a few months ago that I mm-hmm. stumbled across you, and um, it, it was a kind of a funny journey where I had been in this conservative circle for so long and I'd been terrified to expand even holding and affirming theology um, I was very nervous to actually go outside of my circles and I recognized that as soon as I opened my Twitter account um, which I'd had closed since uh, you know year seven if I if I opened it and uh, started exploring other circles of uh, of theological thinkers um, it will be seen by the outside world and so I I never did Um, yeah, yeah like, tw- Twitter does that.
0: Like I also Twitter knew that I was gay before I came out.
1: Yeah. Cuz
0: I, I started following all these gay Christians all over the place and they was just like, yeah. Go to this online pride shop. I'm just like, don't target your ads at me. It's rude. Yeah, that's that's not who I
1: am publicly. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was um it was a remarkable kind of moment for me when I discovered this community uh globally who yeah. uh we're so supportive of one another and we're, um, yeah, we're, we're sharing stories and podcasts and blogs and, um, yeah, calling each other out and each other's joy. It was a remarkable moment for me to see that in my little context in Sydney, um, I had so many um, doubts that I was yeah you know, I was the only one thinking these things and and, and so to oh, see yeah. that that's like the greatest lie the devil has ever told is that we're alone in the world yeah yeah um and so but, uh, yeah i'm I'm thinking how I can kind of share that more broadly in a, a Sydney context an Australia context and you know outside of the world Asia we have some of the most conservative settings um of anywhere um, ah, it's it's a great encouragement to know that there's so many people who are doing this journey and who are kind of tracking along it and doing phenomenal yeah. work. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know if, if you can come out to Australia and give us a, um, a thumbs up and cheer us on. Boy, we'd be grateful. Yo, if I can
0: find the if I can find the coins in the next year, I'll be to Sydney yeah. and trust, trust and believe. Just yeah. like it's, it's one of those things that, It's exactly what you said, like discovering like queer community and queer Christian community online, especially through Twitter, is that exact Mm -hmm. feeling of everybody is cheering everybody on. And even Mm -hmm. like early on, like wanting to be a writer, wanting to be somebody who made content about this, I've realized pretty like at least like in like the... American context is we also like have like a, a lot of talk around intersectionality and like the, like the work of justice work, not only for just queer people, but for people of color, indigenous people, um, mm. and, and, uh, and, and nature. So like, uh, uh, one of my friends, Dr. Robin, they talk about, um, like the liberation of all creation, not mm. just people, but just like, how are we treating animals? How are we treating our environment? um, just overall it just it becomes like this radical thing i'm just like oh my god is this what it means to follow jesus like yeah. really you know what i'm saying yes like, yeah and because then- like that, i i think like honestly i don't think i really became a christian until i came out
1: mm-hmm. wow. because
0: like i think for the majority of my life i was i was masquerading as this person who like really really loved jesus but wouldn't take up my cross and my yeah. my cross for me was this was like you know i have to shoulder like the weight of the expectation of my family, the expectation of a conservative world. Yeah. And then I also have to realize that at the same time that I've already won. Yeah. Wow. And so it's, it's this, it's this very interesting thing where like the cost of coming out, like that is like what it means to take up your cross and follow Jesus. It's to, mm. like, to, to like be your truest self. And you know, to to do the hard thing, to like go to find to like kind of like make it full circle, to go on the narrow path yeah. that is like riddled with thorns and, and and glass and all this other shit that people threw there. Because while they're on the highway, they're just tossing their bottles out the window. Yes. Yep. That's what they're doing. And um, yeah. And it just. Wow. But it's exactly what you say. Just like the, the, the queer Christian community online and at large is so beautiful and i've i've met jesus so in such bigger and be- more beautiful ways since mm. i have allowed myself to explore a more diverse and generous christianity yes um, and like granted like we've we, like i think about it like just in the past 2 years how much movement has happened at least in america yeah. so like cuz like how it happens i think is like it's a it's a wave it crests and then it crashes all at one time and you can either yeah. learn to surf or you can get swept away.
1: Yep, they're, they're the two options that seem to be presenting. Yeah, and, and that's that's an amazing way to frame it. Like, that, that's so exciting to see. And and that's what I'm, from the other side of the world, looking on, kind of watching, and to be honest, a little bit jealous of. Mm. Um, so many people who are tying things together and making these these theological links and pastoral links and links for Christians to follow, and, and uh, creating that momentum. I think in my setting, um, there is a branch within the church who are exploring kind of eco theology and creation care, and there's a branch within the church who are exploring um, racial tensions and justice in that sphere, and then there's a group within the church who are exploring um, feminist theologies. And but but the link between all of them is severely lacking, um, mm-hmm. and I think. Because that link is missing, we have a deficient concept of the kingdom of God. We we have a um, a, a lack in how we actually uh, relate to the world and bring about justice. This this shalom that Christ was so passionate about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and and, you and think I'm like,
0: what?
1: Sorry. Mm. Sorry. Oh, I, I'm waiting. And part of my blog and my book is, is hoping that. Um, those links will be made slowly but surely and Mm. um, the the church will uh, maybe wake up to itself a little bit in some areas in that yeah Yeah.
0: well like this is something we talk about in intersectionality um on this side of the water is that like all of our all of our liberation is bound up together like liberation Mm. for women liberation for queer people liberation for the environment liberation for indigenous people liberation for people of color um Equ- and like equity between all of these things it's all bound mm. up together it's like it's and it's almost like this idea um we talk about it in organizing is like you get all the minorities that are being oppressed by the same power see that the power is like oppressing them from the same direction you unite them mm. and you change it yes and so so many and like division is like <laughs> my friend my friend miles says you know just like um what are we here to do Win. And she said, why haven't we won yet? And it's because we're not organized. Yeah. So I think, I think that we are seeing the very beginning of minority groups beginning to like catch the glimpse of like, oh my gosh, we are all under the same oppressive power and it's white supremacy.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And excitingly, I think slowly the church is actually starting to see that, hey, if we get on board with this, we will actually be better for it. Mm. The, those minorities that are banding together, they're, they're not the threat. They're not the enemy by any stretch of the imagination. We're actually able to learn from them and um, and see how they're exploring Jesus and take their theology on board and integrate them. And we then end up with a bigger picture of who God is. We don't lose our theology at that point. We actually expand our theology to incorporate uh, a god that we've boxed in um, and ah boy if we can if we can shatter that box one little mm. bit at a time the world yeah. will be a better place for it
0: and that's like that's what faith is that's like why I love the mystic tradition so much is because like it's continually expanding outward it's just that like I think about how the universe apparently I'm not out there I've never been there into the universe <laughs> But apparently, <laughs> like scientists say, the universe is ever expanding. Like from the Big yeah. Bang onward, it's just like, yeah. Okay. What does that mean that it's still going? Yeah. And so, it, and so, like within all of this space, with all in, within all of this nothingness, there's still a something, a someone. Yeah. Like and like, if if that's God, and like is like, like you know, we're a small speck in like the grand scale of the universe, and the God of the universe who's in all and around all. Mm-hmm like that's the kind of thing we're just trying to just like brush up against not even try to like describe uh, it. just like we just want to brush up against
1: it. Yes. Uh, it, it's it. mind blowing, isn't it? Um, and the, you know, if the universe is constantly expanding then um you know that concept of the the universe being the cathedral of God and the stars Ooh. being the choir, like that that is just so much more powerful than when we expand that and that it just resonates and we say wow, okay, How much more remarkable is it then that God would become embodied in human form? Like how much more stunningly, astoundingly beautiful is that that he would take on human flesh and not just human flesh, but be born as a baby and grow up to die on a cross by the Roman Empire. And then fast forward and that he would actually take up residence in the hearts of humanity the Holy Spirit, you know, the universe can't contain the, the glory of God, um, and yet he is working his way inside of my heart and actually taking that place as his home. Um, and, and we don't get that if we box God in, um, if we think of him as small and incapable of handling the uh, the liberation of our minorities. We, we lose that um, and so for, from what I see over on your side of the waters uh, and slowly, slowly over here, we're not just seeing people um, become uh, free in so many senses of the word. We're also watching our picture of God expand. Yeah. Um, and as we do that, you know, our picture of Jesus has to grow. Um, and that, that's, that's what excites me. Um, and part of the reason why I don't want to leave conservative Christian circles, um, because I want them to see this bigger picture of God. Um, I want them to see that God is so much bigger than... You could have ever hoped, dreamed, or imagined. Hey, amen, said like a true Christian, that's... Don't put that that on me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding, just kidding. Uh that was my conversation with joel holier you can check out joel across social media at joel holier that's spelled uh, joel h-o-l-l-i-e-r and then be sure to check out and subscribe to his blog biblefaithsexuality.com on his blog he unpacks matters of theology sexuality gender things of that nature it's a really fantastic resource for people who are um, working through different questions so go check that out again that's biblefaithsexuality.com and follow him on social media at joel holier and you can also learn more about what him and the rest of his Queer Aussie crew are doing by getting in touch with their work by checking out an, uh, one cool organization called Equal Voices Network, and that's at equalvoices.org.au. A Tiny Revolution is supported by 113 amazing patrons on Patreon. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's a fantastic crowdfunding service that allows you to support the creatives in your life that are creating the content that matters. So if you think this podcast was dope, if you think it was important, if you like the videos that I've been putting out recently, if you like any of the blogs I've ever written and you want to see more things like it, you can help make it possible. All you got to do is go to patreon.com slash Garcia to learn what it is to be a sustaining partner about the different reward levels we have going on. I just started doing these coaching calls regularly and I get to talk to people who are my like, my supporters and talk about their lives, talk about projects they're working on. I've got um, a new friend in the middle of Alabama who's working on a legislature to help ban conversion therapy. Like, are you kidding me? That's fucking revolutionary and so needed. And I can't wait uh, to hear more about that. I've got another person who is working. She's getting on working her book deal. I have another friend who she's working through her coming out process. Like, all of y'all out there, it's just incredible to connect with y'all and support y'all on that journey. So thank you to everyone who is a supporting partner. And thank you, dear listener, for uh, at least going over to patreon.com slash Garcia and learning more about what it is to be a sustaining partner. Go do it. Uh, I'll take you five minutes. I promise you're going to feel a lot better after you do this. I swear. Guarantee. <laughs> You can connect with me across social media at TheKevinGarcia. Check out uh, TheKevinGarcia.com for blogs, all the podcasts, uh, the YouTube videos that I create. You can actually link and follow me across all those different platforms all in one central place and be on the lookout for a couple of new things coming down the pipeline that I'm not even going to tell you about because Lord knows I'm shitty with a timeline (laughs) and a deadline, but it's, you know, it's whatever. Uh I love you. I love you so much. Oh, um tickets for Reformation Project. Um if you're coming to Reformation Project this fall, go ahead and get registered. You'll save 25 bucks. Like the tickets go up 25 bucks or so um on the 10th and that's this Friday, August 10th. So go ahead and get your tickets now. I'll be there. Bunch of dope people are going to be there. Oh, and sorry, one more thing before I go. Sorry. Uh, if you're in Atlanta or the surrounding areas, we're doing an event called Elevating the Voices. It's going to be a panel of mostly uh, QPOC queer Christians who are talking about their experiences reconciling faith, sexuality, gender, and then moving into justice work. It's going to be a really great time. You can uh, go to uh, Facebook.com and search Elevating the Voices, and you should find an event by TRP Atlanta. Um, And we also have an informational meeting coming up. I'll shoot you more information. Go look at my social media for information about that. Okay. Sorry to throw all these last minute announcements at you. I love you so much. I am going to go drink the rest of my smoothie and go to work. Um, All right. um, Go see your therapist. Take your meds. um, Take a long shower. You deserve that. Just really de-stress. Deep condition that hair because, like, you know, you've been neglecting it for a little bit. Listen, showering as self-care, like, that's pretty dope in my opinion and honestly I'm preaching to myself right now so maybe I'll go take a shower after this anyways uh, drink some water go do some yoga hug somebody that you love and kiss them on the cheek with consent Um, this has been another episode of a tiny revolution my name is Kevin Garcia and I'll talk to you next week bye y'all